Now we're recording. I don't believe you. <laughs> the red light's on. That means we're recording. No, I thought that just means it has power. No, that's what the orange light means. Or the I don't screen. see these lights you speak of. Oh, hoverboards don't work on water. <laughs> Unless you have power. Unless you have power. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a while since we've recorded. Not really. It's been a while since we've published. It's been at least three weeks or so since oh, we've recorded. That, was it the, the 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 fabled lost episode? It, is it fabled to them yet? No, because this well, now, is the only time we've recorded since we've lost that one. Now we've now it's fabled. Yeah, there's an episode that doesn't exist. But it does. It did some in pieces. Two thirds of it exists. Yeah. yeah, you know you should just release that one. <laughs> just, so no editing and just yeah. yeah. It was our first attempt to use technology beyond obviously the recording technology that we have right now. Yeah. No, we're just using a phonograph right now. It's we're just yelling into it as it we're, as it makes the record. One of us is constantly cranking a vinyl cylinder. And there's a bird like perched on that, just kind of like etching into it. Yeah, it's a living. It's a living. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is still in beta. Uh, uh, I'm Jesse. William. Phil. That was Phil. <laughs> he said Phil in like some weird like drawing. Like, like a backwards talking Twin Peaks voice. Neither of you have seen Twin Peaks. I have. I've actually. seen enough to know that part. Okay. I have seen the. She is my cousin. I'm much Part. more familiar with the this suit burns better. Yeah. From the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, I have not seen the second half of Twin Peaks, but I have seen that part of Twin Peaks. Yeah. But I assume you're excited about the new Twin Peaks coming out soon. I, I am. Um, I don't know if it's going to be any good. Does it matter? No, not uh, really. I mean, it's it's lynch so well i'm not even sure if it is anymore I don't think it ha- it, they had him and then has, they had him and then i think he backed out so i think he's still involved i think they brought i think they got him back and even even if it it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be good because it doesn't matter because it's david lynch yes it's just more david lynch that's really all that matters yeah i mean it, to be fair the original series like wasn't great no. But it was really entertaining. That's for sure. It you was know? that, yes. Yeah. Like it had season 2 has some some of the best moments and some of the worst moments. I I must watch it now. Uh did season 1 have Maggie Chow, not Maggie Chow, Angie Chin, Angie Chow, Angie, the Asian lady? Yes. It did is. it have her? <laughs> it did. Have- I thought you were about to say, does it have puppy chow or like? <laughs> wow. I think I got. I think I got. Uh, I think no. Maggie Chow is the is the woman from the original Deus Ex game that you have to kill in her apartment. Okay. Uh, yes, that is yeah. exactly how I know that name. <laughs> that, no, that's how I. That's how I know it. Jody. Jody. Joni. I don't I'm going to remember this. Anyway, did she get sucked into a drawer? Like she's in a drawer? Like I, her face. I, am, uh, I need to watch this. I have this. no idea. I saw it to the point where uh, the investigator was like, I can't remember if he was having someone throw rocks at him. No, he was, he was throwing rocks at a jar. 
Yeah, I got as far, I think, as him throwing rocks in a jar. And I, and <laughs> it's like episode three. Yeah, well, it was kind of hard to watch, partly because I had just gotten, like, a tablet or a phone games and was, like, finally starting to play phone games. And that was, like, I would play those while I was watching. And, like, it's really hard to watch that show for me because there's just so many characters... It's like Game of Thrones without anything interesting happening. What are you There's, talking like, about? So many characters. He's like... doing like Tibetan, uh, <clears throat> Tibetan like monk inspiration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's how that's the whole thing behind the throwing the rocks. Right, but there was there's one interesting character, and then everybody else is just has some like really lame soap opera drama situation going on. It, uh-huh. It's it gets good, but it gets it's... it gets a lot. It gets a lot crazier. It gets weird, yeah. But it's it, weirder. Um, I got as far as they solve Laura Palmer's murder. Oh, okay. So that's fairly far, but not. Yeah, that's that's done. pretty far. So I haven't finished it. I need, I need to go back and finish. Wait, it. Wait, so you got into season two because they don't reveal yeah. that until season two. Yeah. Well, I, I've watched a good chunk of it. Okay. And, and I just kind of stopped watching. It's like, well, I feel like I've got closure now. But you didn't see David the Covey. He's he's in that? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, then no, I didn't. Oh, man. Yeah, there's some real good stuff that you have yet to see. But there's also, like, uh, like a lot of really boring, like, worse than season one. It's like, why are they even doing this kind of stuff? That is part of why I didn't watch the so, rest. Also, speaking of, like, shows coming back and David Duchovny, didn't they start... Showing the new X Files, uh-huh. they're so, like three episodes into the new X Files. <clears throat> I saw somebody comment about that on Facebook that like they thought David Duchovny's acting in the new stuff was like really like flat and robotic. And I'm like, it's fucking David Duchovny. Did you not see any of his acting ever? <laughs> Did you not watch the original X Files? Any David <laughs> Duchovny in anything? I mean, that's pretty much his acting style. Yeah, <clears throat> I am actually relatively uninitiated in David Duchovny. Aside from evolution. That's the most animated he probably has ever been. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he gets pretty pretty excitable in that movie. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he, he plays kind of like a dry, sort of depressing character in the X-Files. Like, I don't know why you would expect him to be anything more than that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, having Having started to watch... Like the first few episodes of the first season over again. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he does that same character, then yeah, you're going to be like, oh boy, he's, he doesn't have a whole lot of personality to him. I mean, X-Files was kind of like the old Dragnet, but instead of just investigating like some like very typical crime that the FBI probably would normally do, it was like, just facts, ma'am, but can you tell us where like the crazy, you know, giant Gila monster attacked you? You know, yeah. it was, like, pretty boring. Like, the two main characters were a little bit dull. Yeah. There was only a, a few instances where uh, either of them get real wacky, but those were in, like, the special, like, goofball episodes. <laughs> like, this know? is a dream sequence, or... Or uh, or whenever, like, uh, Mulder uh, switches bodies with the guy from Area 51 or whatever, uh, who was played by, like... Lenny from Laverne and Shirley. Is there a musical episode? I don't think so. And the show has not gone on long enough. Well, they brought it back. Let's see if they do yes. a six-part miniseries. Yes. 
Um, but yeah, they're like three episodes in now, so only three more to go, I guess. Oh no. Um, yeah, I haven't watched any of it yet. Um, so that's the end of that. <laughs> so that's the end of that. Uh, I have watched Turbo Kid though. I watched that over the weekend. Oh, Turbo Kid's so good. You should watch Turbo Kid if you haven't seen it. All right. It is. Uh, it seemed very eighties. It's Michael yes. Ironsides at his best. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Michael Ironside knocks it out of the park on that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the. Uh, do you know who that is? I don't know. It's. Do you remember Starship Troopers? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? They sucked his brains. You remember that guy? <laughs> I like how that. That's your rep point of reference. <laughs> Where is he? The teacher? Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um. So yeah, he plays a pretty great role, and all the characters are great, and the soundtrack is amazing, and the aesthetic is fantastic. That it's like they made they they aimed to make a cheesy '80s movie, and nailed it. Yeah. Like a hundred percent, and I don't know why. When you mentioned like, like we rewatched Starship Troopers like recently, like last week or something, that one is it's still totally great. Yeah, yeah. it's still a great. It's the same guy, same director who did RoboCop, right? It's uh, Peter Verhoeven. Yes. Yeah. 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 A lot of people, I don't think, uh, get how great a parody those movies are. No, no, I think a lot of people miss out on that. Yeah. Because he's a very specific style where right. where he tries to give a slice of just how insane the world he's representing is by like doing those commercials and TV <laughs> segments. Yeah, all the segments where would you like to know more? Like all of those bits. Yeah. And like the in Robocop, all of the news newscasting stuff and <laughs> I'd buy that, I'd for, buy a that for a dollar. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just remember the SPF five thousand. Yeah. Sunscreen. It's yeah. like See you at the pool, like the lady that's like covered in green slime. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But the I'd buy that for a dollar guy, I feel like that's one thing that uh that he kind of predicted for our future, where comedy has boiled down to like just repeating the same tired thing over and over again. Because I feel like that's where the internet is, you know, like that's memes. I, w- I was trying to think of something I could quote. One does not that... simply make an internet meme. Mm-hmm. Like there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yes. I'd buy that for a dollar. Hermagerd <laughs> <laughs> memes. Yeah. So did you guys play anything over the break? I have been playing a bit of Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. And I've also played, I finished Fallout 4. You finished it? Finish as finish as it's gonna get until DLC drops. Yeah, I'm I'm in the midst of Fallout Four. I'm pretty I'm pretty deep into Fallout Four. I'm like level forty two now. And uh, man, I tell you what though, uh, so they they added all of that settlement stuff, like all of the like mm-hmm. going and finding p- settlements and. Hey, hey, hey Jesse, Jesse, sorry, General, there's. A settlement that needs our help. Shut up. Shut up, Preston. Um, but yeah, there's all of those settlements. And uh, they did something that, that I think is kind of a... Uh, a Jeez, I don't know how to put it exactly. Like, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot with the settlement stuff by making the most useful... Uh, 
the most useful tool in that hidden behind a mid-level charisma perk. So in order to uh so so one of the thing the big things in this game is now you gather junk, right? So all of the like superfluous um clutter that Braxo. that Bethesda places in their world, you can collect all of that and all of that has materials that they're created out of, right? So I can gather like all 5000 spoons in the game and do something with them. Yep. Yes. Mm. And uh yeah, like all the ghouls that you kill and they just have a spoon on them. You can take that spoon. They all have wooden blocks crafting. on them, like letter blocks. Yeah, a lot of them have like children's playing blocks. Which is <laughs> because really they weird. eat children. Okay. Maybe that's it. But they're always the block. That's it's why like, there are no children. It's always like, I have the Q block. Maybe playing the block turns you into a hideous monster. Oh. Mm. It's like it's um, a statement of the education system. It's like um, Hellraiser, right? Well, they, they do look like Cenobites. <laughs> Did you say Zen? Did you say Xenobites? I said yeah, I meant to say Cenobites. Cenobites? That's what they're called. Those sound like tasty little cinnamon trees. Yeah, Ooh. that's what I thought. Uh, did I say Zen? If I said Xenobite, I meant to say Cenobite. That's what. And then when you said Xenobites, that made me think it was like a treat for aliens. It's like a candied yeah. alien, like like it's like one like a Xenomorph in like a uh, uh, like encased in candy, like they sell scorpions and sugar frosted Xenobites. Hey, yeah. Grabnor, try these Xenobites. They're so they're sour. Oh, Grabnor. <laughs> I can do it my hand. my tongues. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but they sound delicious. Yeah. Well, no, a Cenobite is what uh, Hellraiser is. He he himself is a Cenobite. Needleface. Needleface. Yeah, Needlehead. Pinhead. Pinhead? Pinhead. Yeah. He's a Xenobite. Cenobite. He's a Cenobite. Yeah. Okay. That's what Are there the... any other uh, Cenobites? Yes, but I don't know any of them off the top of my head. Okay. They're in the movies. I don't watch the movies. Uh, I read the Wikipedia page, though. Yeah. That's why I know this. Uh, while you were writing the Wikipedia page for Power Rangers. You know, someone's going to maintain that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they, they hide. Okay. So there's this. So there's these all these settlements. You collect garbage, and you can use that for crafting things. And all of the stuff you can build in your settlements, like walls and uh, other crafting stations... You build this out of this junk, right? And you start off in this in this one settlement called Sanctuary. And that's where all of your dudes are. And uh, so, like, a lot of people, that's, like, the place they start building things. And that's kind of the home base that I sort of retreated to a lot. I just gather, go through a mission, do a quest line, or do some dungeon diving or whatever, <clears throat> and fill up my inventory full of garbage, come back to Sanctuary dump all my garbage, do my crafting business, head out again, right? And then all of these other settlements started opening up. But you don't have access to all the garbage you've collected in your original settlement. But you can upgrade your charisma to like level five or six and unlock, I think it's six. Uh, you have to un go unlock your charisma to level six and then you have access to the local leader perk and that lets you establish like take people from your settlement and establish what they call supply lines so basically you send people back and forth between your settlements and now all of your garbage is shared between all of your settlements and it's not just garbage like you can put everything in your workshop like 
guns. ammo, guns, gun mods, um, clothing. So it's like your stash then becomes uh, like available at every settlement, but it's hidden behind a mid-level perk that you have to unlock by having by spending seven levels worth of points. <laughs> okay. And then building settlements becomes practical because now you can spread all of the garbage you've been collecting amongst all of your different settlements. And it's easier to drop it all off because you can go to pretty much any settlement you have in your network. Yeah. You don't have have to to go all the way back to Sanctuary. Yeah. Like if you're nearby a place, you don't have to fast travel back to Sanctuary, that kind of stuff. So, so assuming that I make, whenever I finally get this game, I make the character that starts out with maximum intelligence and then put all the rest of my points into charisma and everything. Every other stat is going to be one. Uh-huh. Uh, how quickly can I get to, to this perk? Relatively uh, quickly. One, one level. Okay. But I assume I'll probably get killed by rats and shit. No, until I can... no, to be honest. Truth be told, I feel like stats don't matter as much in this game. There aren't really stats because you don't get stat checked ever. The only uh, the only real purpose I found with a stat, I mean, yeah, they do have an effect. I mean, like strength lets you carry more, and charisma has a a very opaque way of letting you succeed in conversation. In that, you say like, it's color coded, so like yellow is uh, persuading, orange is difficult persuading and red is very difficult persuading you have no idea how what your chances are of success and so it's i wouldn't call it an actual stat check but for the most part uh, the special system has been reduced to unlocking uh perks when you level up yeah they kind of just skyrimmed it a lot okay so now you just have these different trees which is really disappointing does does your, your skill points per level still scale off of intelligence though uh no, you get there's not a there's not a skill point. <sighs> yeah, there's no skills. Yeah, it's just one point. It's all it's all perks. It's like <sighs> it's like Skyrim. Intelligence so level up, and yeah. um, every point that you have in intelligence gives you more experience. Yeah, I was every say that. point that you have in agility gives you more action points. Every point that you have in perception does something. Every point you have in charisma makes you uh, like get better prices, but also lets your persuasion thing work better, even without the specific persuasion perks. Yeah, of which there's like one. Um, strength is melee stuff and carrying stuff. I'm missing one special strength. Luck. Luck. Luck, luck is uh, luck is luck. Is it loot drops or something? Yeah, it might be loot drops. It doesn't really. I mean, it's just like it does everything in a little small way, and like, that means that means nothing. Uh, um, it's it, but then it, I, I've actually I'm actually really frustrated with their level up system. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It I found it to be a lot more difficult to plan out my leveling than I did in Fallout Three. Um, and and well, their grid system is terrible. I mean, that you go to that like poster of all the special and the perks and all that, and I've I didn't have any trouble figuring it out, but I've heard and read enough on the forums that people just had no freaking clue what was going on with that. So they, I think they did a really terrible pl- job <clears throat> explaining the systems within in the game, uh, starting with leveling up, 
They did a terrible job explaining the, the settlement system and why anyone should give a crap about it. Um, even though there, there are, I mean, there are rewards to it. If you go far enough into it, there are rewards, but they do a terrible job of encouraging you to do it. Yeah. It's just kind of, uh, it becomes a chore at the beginning. And then Preston Garvey shows him and says, general, there's not a settlement needs our help. I'm like, no, no, I have to find Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of forgot about my baby. Um, so I did find, I, I was annoyed by Preston's constant quest giving. Yes. And also the fact that all of his quests that he gives you are on a time limit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, don't, I, I don't know what the time limit is, but I know that I almost hit it once. It's two weeks or a week or something like that. Oh, geez. I let that stuff set for a while. Uh, so what I did was I took his dumb quests and I did them, but I didn't turn them in. Mm. I just didn't t- t- tell him I finished them. So now he doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> but I'm also not going to fail those quests. Because you yeah. already completed them? Yeah. Those are so, so annoying. I Well, know. now that I... Now that I know that I, I can just min-max for the rest of the game and just do whatever quests he gives me and then not turn them in and he won't bother me the rest of the game. Yeah. The thing I don't like about Fallout 4, and, and, and this is weird saying because I actually did enjoy the game a lot, the thing I didn't enjoy about Fallout 4 is it tried so hard to tell me how to play. It's like, you should do this. You know, and like you're saying, like you have a time limit on a quest or I'm walking along. It's like, hey, here's a thing you should be doing instead of that thing you want to do. And I know that that's, that's a staple of... Bethesda Games is like, hey, I want a quest. And this guy runs up to me and says, hey, give me caps. And I'm like, no, and that's fine. But Preston Garvey said, like, here's a quest that I've been literally giving you. It's like, it's, it's like he'll find you. Uh, or various other things, like I'll walk along and suddenly it says mission fa- or quest failed. And it's like, I was unable to protect the, the, uh, the greenhouse or something. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, I failed what? And then, and then the, I actually really dislike the way that they did the companion system, which they encourage you to do companions. And in order to get access to certain quests, you have to travel with companions. Even if you don't like the companion, if you want, if you're a completionist, you have to do it. And it's really frustrating because it's like, there's a super mutant that you can hang out with called Strong. Uh-huh. I found him. And if you do anything other than kill everything, you'll constantly get these little notifications on your screen saying, Strong disliked that. Every time I picked a lock, Strong yeah. disliked that. If you pick up like anything, strong, you idiot. <laughs> I, I, and I, I don't like that it's that you have to change your gameplay method in order to have access to certain characters. I mean, if 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 the way you gained affinity was by doing things they liked, that's fine. But you know, if it's like if just by virtual playing the game is like like characters love it when you pick locks. That's awesome. Characters hate it when you take drugs. I'm like, bullshit. You 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 guys built this entire system around these drugs, like taking jet or um, mm-hmm. or buff out. Because it's like if or you're gonna mixing, put this, like mixing drugs together and making like buff jet. Yeah, if yeah. you're gonna put some, if you're gonna put this crap where I have to worry about my weight. Um, don't have characters judge me for needing that extra twenty points of carrying when I'm deep inside of a dungeon. Well, what you do is you just put it all on them. And then drug them. You can only get them to carry so much, though. That's why you Strong drug them. Strong can carry a lot. You can drug them? I don't know. I assume oh. you can. I don't think you can you drug gonna, them. It's really? like, roofie all the NPCs. I think you could probably shoot them with your syringer, but I don't think that has any positive effects. Unless you lace it with the, the drugs that you... Yes. Dip it in a little, dip it in a little buff out. 
shoot him yeah. with that. Yeah, I assume there must be a like a, a dart gun. There, Clearly there is. There is, it's called the there is a dart gun. Yeah, yeah, it's called the syringer. And I've um, never found one. I mean, I found one, and then by the time I had it, it's like every weapon I had was so much better. So I was like, I'm not going to bother. I found one like really early on. Oh, well, you you have probably went to the hospital, so I didn't really do that. As I much. did. I did go to the blood bank, and I stole all the blood. All the blood. Uh, That's but the I, best part of the game, by the way. That you just find. It's like there's blood everywhere. <laughs> it's the blood. It's just covered in blood. It's blood everywhere. Take it all, yeah, and you, you can just drink it. It's all in bags, and it helps your health. Uh, so, <laughs> did you get the vampire perk to drink the blood? No, uh, but my, no, not, but that is there's a cannibal perk. My is there a vampire one? Yes, you can't. No, no, but well, he, I mean, you can get the creature of the night, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And cannibal, I guess that's sort of like a vampire. But yeah. no, you find this place called the Blood Bank, and you find like thirty bags of blood. And I think it's more than that. And and, and the funny thing is, like, you find so much of it. Like, it's been two hundred years since the bombs were dropped, and all this blood's still good. Apparently. You're assuming that it was from two hundred years ago. Well, I like to, to think that people have just been collecting blood in that place. Well, that's what you choose to believe. Yeah, it's like this is this is worth the blood. You know, there's got to be a group of raiders that just collects blood. Well, there yes. So yes, because that's in Fallout. Where the though. mosquitoes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not their battle cry. It's like, it's like you just hear the distance. <laughs> they sneak up on you and then you just get right in your ear and you. It's the last thing mosquitoes. you hear. Mosquitoes. <laughs> um, I swear, my characters walk around with like sixty bags of blood at any given moment. It's just kind of funny. Well, that's why you need all those drugs to carry stuff. You can't <laughs> I need drugs so I can carry the blood. Ah! So would the mosquito gang like be mostly women? No, no. The female mosquitoes are the ones that the guy. The blood. guys would they just come up and like flutter around you constantly. You're getting a little too technical, I think. I just want to keep it in theme. <laughs> I don't worry. I think they do. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, oh, yeah, the other thing about companions is, like, I haven't had a companion yet that didn't berate me for picking up all the garbage. Ah, starting a collection now, we saw. Yeah. Is, don't they still have the dog companion? Uh-huh. The yeah, dog doesn't judge you. Yeah, just keep the dog as your... Dog I feel like the dog's judge always you. judging me. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever you do, it just says, dog judges you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a telltale game. It doesn't say, dog will remember this. <laughs> Uh, Dogmeat doesn't have an affinity because dogs just always love, apparently, in the Fallout universe. Yeah. Uh, but it, Even when you let them chase after a super mutant suicider and get atomically exploded. Uh, and that's the best part. Dog and then you don't bother die. to help them because you know their health is going to regen. Yeah. So you just kind of walk away. There, there's only, I think there's only one thing. <laughs> yeah. There's only one thing that I think all the characters universally love. And that's like, getting exploded? No. Oh. Well, maybe. Man, where's my mod for that? <laughs> they just run after the super mutants. Give it to me! Kate loved that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think they, they love it. All like I think all of them, except for maybe Strong, uh, love it where if, if you're, they're all together in the same spot and use a stim pack on dog meat. So you can drug your, your you can, companions. You, well, you can stim pack them, which isn't really a drug. It's kind of a drug. That sounds like a drug. Yeah. Well, it, it it's makes like their health come you back. In, you inject somebody and they get their health back. I think that's a drug. Okay. I guess that counts. So what you're saying is I should gather all of them. I should ring the bell. 
<coughs> in Sanctuary. Get them all together and just start jamming stim packs into dog meat. So just jamming way, them in there. The way, you, <laughs> the way you do it, and I, I don't know if this has been patched, I don't know if this is actually accurate, but what I have heard is if you go to Sanctuary and send all your guys to Sanctuary and you get a baseball bat or some weapon dog meat. and you beat dog meat without getting the perk for friendly fire, because if you do that, you can't hurt dog meat. Um, but if you if you beat the crap out of the dog, there's or a friendly dog, fire perk. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I need this. If you get it, they don't. You can't hurt. You've been your... exploding people on accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, that's how friendly fire works. No, yep. no, no. But it's not even like I'm throwing grenades. It's okay. So there's a perk. All right. Yeah. There's a melee weapon perk that like level four. Yeah. It turns your melee weapons from a single person attack to a cone damage attack. Right. I've killed so many people with that on accident because oh, these I other, just say, I like, killed so many people because like raiders will run up to uh, to attack caravans or something or even I was trying to protect one of my settlers from a group of dogs that were attacking them and and I'm like yeah get those dogs and the dog runs right in between me and my settler I'm trying to protect and I just explode everybody they just meet <laughs> and it's mission failed oh yes there is actually a perk that lets you one not hurt your companion and i think level two is they can't hurt you okay yeah that's another thing is so, i totally um bashed nick's like synthetic skull in with my own bat and he's just been laid out by yeah. me before so before you get that perk, <laughs> did you exper- like that, or was he too unconscious to judge you? <laughs> <laughs> before- is, he a, is he is he a masochist? Or I don't know. We'll find. Out. Kate loves him. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Before you get that perk, test this for me. Okay, just beat the dog. Beat. The, beat Step the dog one: with, beat the dog. Yeah, or yeah, I guess. And then when dog meets unconscious, use a stim pack on him, and, and see then if, beat him again. And, and we'll see if. Ga- run- Step one: gather everyone around. Step two. Beat the dog until he's unconscious. Step three, wake him up again. Step four, repeat. <laughs> That's not right. Everyone loves it. <laughs> Everyone loves it. That's not right. <laughs> That's not right. But I'm on board, Phil. <clears throat> I get it. I get what you're down with. That's not what I'm saying. But apparently, they love it when you're nice to dog meat. Uh huh. But they don't seem to care how you get there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're fine with the the ends justify the means. Huh? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> don't beat the dog. And they seem to be neutral, I guess, when you're mean to him. Well, I think they count it as friendly fire. And they, <laughs> oh, oh, it's an accident. I don't know what you're doing on purpose. Yeah. Oh, like, I. I uh, yeah. Seems uh, you maybe do. Well, let me let me just help him out here. Yeah. Punk, punk, punk. <laughs> just be careful where you're pointing that cone. I guess you want to. Yeah, and yeah. I can't turn the cone off either. <laughs> I can't like toggle the cone, so I can't like selectively. Can you just use like a smaller melee weapon, like a pencil? No, it's not. No, just use a gun. Yeah. Well, that's what I've started doing. Start but shooting. I'm but I'm like melee focused. So, mm-hmm. so my gun. Shootingness isn't your shooting so great. Okay, not... so so get the perk. Yeah, I think what what's that under? Is that under perception? Uh charisma, I want to say. Charisma. Okay. My old nemesis, charisma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um other than that, it is a, it is the most flawed perfect game ever. I, that's my mantra. 
Yeah, uh, there it is. Uh, it is an incredibly a Bethesda game. I love it for those reasons. Um, but they've actually done a lot better job of making like interesting, fun quests in this game too. Yeah, like I mean, all it of the fun. Silver Shroud stuff is yeah. really great. It's fun, but it. I feel like they they. I'm I'm getting really tired of all the streamlining. Yeah, they've uh, they've you mean taken the dumbing. Yeah, yeah. Of the game, they've taken yeah. it from an action role playing game to an action game. It's an action game where you kind of level up. Yeah, they're they're just they're slowly just removing the role playing aspects out of this. Yeah, that's, that's, really that's what I'm always worried. Is like the next Elder Scrolls game is just going to be a first person shooter. I, I keep getting worried that that's like what's going to eventually happen. I mean, that's almost what Skyrim was, since like the most powerful thing was archery in that game. Like, yeah. Uh, but I'm yeah, hoping, I know. I'm I, they... I definitely get what you're saying because they've they've removed so many mechanics that make that that made those games interesting and let you do different creative things with the mechanics in them. That now it's just kind of like, well, here's kind of the way you can play it. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to play a military tactical shooter level realism game. When you know, I, I don't want to like have to like say hit this. I don't want to play Quop the fantasy game. I, like I don't, I don't want to say press this level, <laughs> press this button for your your leg to go left leg, press this button for right leg. I don't want to do that. Um, but don't 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 so simplify. I think I think there is there's nothing wrong with complexity in games. Right. Yeah, there was a nice. Uh, it's fine to like make things easier to manage, but there's also like. I think it's it's a problem of like um everybody trying to kind of like meet in the middle and get you know it's all a matter of sales. I mean at the end of the day like video games are a business and you're trying to reach the lar- reach the largest market but yeah and and I, because of that like everything is kind well, of like becoming very similar. Well, let me put it this way. I think at least at least every like large budget game. I think big AAA studios have a fundamental misunderstanding of their audience and the capacity that a mass market game or AAA game will sell at least in part because of marketing. But I will say I think there's a misunderstanding in the industry of easy like teaching someone to play and making it easy to play. Because I feel like more and more games, you know, the big super budget games, mm-hmm. as they become more and more streamlined, require less and less first time experience, like or onboarding for players. Yeah, and I think there's a misunderstanding that players don't like that. I mean, it's Fatui or first time playing experiences are not meant to be fun necessarily, but I think what they're trying to do is make their first five or their first hour of gameplay as raw fun as possible so that people get on board and they can play it. Yep. But I feel like the follow through that you do, if you simplify it too much. So it's like that first hour is awesome, but if it never gets more complex than that, or if it never, you know, lets you actualize that role playing experience, like you're talking about, or if it doesn't feel like you're mastering the game, Mm -hmm. that next 49 hours, your 50 hour game aren't going to be that fun. Yeah. And, I really hope that the industry figures that out, that teaching is not a bad thing. Like, cause I, I know that like at this point it's like, uh, if you play like a mobile game, 
so a lot of mobile games will like say, okay, we're going to force you through these menus, these 50, 60 menus. So it's an hour before you get to play the game for real on your own without us telling you what buttons to press. Yeah. I, I've, I've actually played a game like that recently and I actually quit playing because I was like, I just want to play the damn game. Stop teaching me. That's the extreme. And I think mobile does that really badly. But I think console games and even PC games to a lesser extent, they just like, they've come to the conclusion that I guess their players have the attention span of a goldfish and don't bother teaching these things. For example, there's that system with the uh, uh, the supply lines. They spent, either it was forced into the last second or they spent, or they just figured people would just figure it out on their own. And they just say, we're not going to teach you this, just just do it. But it is so simple once you have that perk and once you know where to go for it. Yeah. But there's no there's no teaching. They don't teach you how to use it. And I think they're that's, a, that's an example of a failure because in simplifying the game, they also forget to tell you how to do things. Because if it's if it's like if it's even a hair off of what you would do with just like the the face buttons on a controller, they don't tell you what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like this. I mean, with the Elder Scrolls games, I don't think. First of all, I blame consoles for why the Elder Scrolls games got dumber, because. They started just make it simpler and simple. I think they, they made it simpler for console play because they wanted to get down to where you could do everything with, you know, five or six buttons instead of needing a keyboard for like a lot of what they've got. But Morrowind was available for the Xbox. Yeah, but that didn't do well at all. Well, and I think because, everybody that's would because say like Elder Scrolls Three. I mean, Elder Scrolls was still relatively. <clears throat> it, it it wasn't the the mega game franchise yet i mean daggerfall was good old scrolls too morrowind morrowind was their first big amazing game and in, in full 3d and all that yeah and so it, but it, also, it didn't have to be perfect on a console but it, they did release it as it was there was a lot of stuff that because it was a pc game first a lot of stuff was very cumbersome on the controller mm-hmm. and they and you can see how they've tried to just smooth that out by removing how things work yeah i'm not gonna lie i actually prefer to play those games with a controller but i i don't feel like it had to be simpler by Uh, virtue of being a controller well anyway uh the the other thing was like you don't necessarily like have to teach everything like you could have still had a spell maker and a good item enchanting system in Skyrim without teaching it because you don't have to teach it because you don't have to engage in that system to succeed in the game. You could just buy all the spells that's there or whatever equipment is without and still do well in the game without having to go investigate and figure that stuff out. Like, well, I think the, fatu- the I keep calling it Fatui because that's just what tutorial. The, uh, the tutorial <laughs> should be there and it should be good for and waiting for when you decide to use that system. I mean, it, just because it's like, hey, you can go through the whole game without jump-starting a car. If that system is there, you should tell someone how to use it. But, I mean, I think you just make you make an intuitive interface for it, and you let people play around with it. I don't think you... I think, I think people get too... feel like they have to teach everything, and I think we sometimes game designers forget that, you know, players can figure stuff out on their own or they have the internet if they really want to know some of that stuff. Like, I think it depends on what you're... I, I, have, I have a quick response to that, just to interject. I think you hit the other end of the spectrum, which I think is acceptable. Player feedback 
is an excellent teaching mechanic. What happens in a lot of games these days is they'll either overdo it in the tutorial and do nothing for player feedback. It's like, this button's grayed out. I don't know why. And the, and you click it, you get nothing. It tells you nothing about why a button's grayed out. And you, there's just this magical condition that unlocks it. And I see a lot of games that are doing this. But what you're saying with player feedback, if this if the interface is, you know, clearly represented, the buttons are labeled, you don't have to div, you don't, there's no reason to, and force, force flows are the worst. I'll immediately say this. It's like, as soon as you, if you open the thing up, it's like, now you're going to spend the next five minutes being told what buttons to press. You stop paying attention what buttons to press. You just do what the game tells you. Dude's like, God, I want to play the damn game. Right. And you, you learn nothing because you just autopilot through it. You're not paying attention at that point. So yes, I think those are overdone. I think those are bad. Um, good player feedback, what you're talking about, is the preferred way to do it. And I think that both of those ways, however you do it, you know, if the, tut- if the tutorial is good, awesome. If the player feedback is good, even better. But there, there's this third vector here that just is, just represents oversimplification. And that's the problem. That's my argument right now. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just like, honestly, like, what's weird is like the, the, the Bethesda games, like the, the Elder Scrolls games have gotten simpler, but the tutorials in each one have gotten longer. Like, I think... I think maybe I, maybe Oblivion had the longest one, but I'm not sure. It's it's, type, it's either Skyrim or Oblivion had the longest tutorial of any of them. I want to say Oblivion the, did because that, that was your personality. You played through the dungeon, and that was your personality <clears throat> test. Yeah. And so it was arbitrarily long, I think, for that reason, because they wanted to run you through all the different encounters to see how you played it. Daggerfall had nothing. It's yeah. throw you in a dungeon, and you die in the first room if, you're, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing. Well, that was, that was because... It, it was made by, you know, not, not necessarily Daggerfall, but like DOS games generally had teams the size of like less than 20. Well, there's and also, they had like a week to make the game. Make there was the also game. the expectation that players would like read the damn manual. Well, that's because well, we're, we, we're novels and now have gotten down to a page. No, they don't even include manuals anymore. Now you open the, <laughs> you open the case and it's just it's a, a Well, it's a page that has the, the, the logo the of the game warnings. and on the... And on the other side is an ad for some new game. Most, most games I buy don't even have that. They, there's just literally no piece of paper in there. It's just the disc. Now, I, to that response as well, that, those were golden days back when you had a manual. Because when you, we were kids, driving back from like Walmart or CompUSA <laughs> or Babbage's or whatever place you bought your games, Funko Electronics Land. Electronics Boutique. Electronics. They still, they still have a few of those, I oh, think. <laughs> I think. You know, that was what you did. It's like you, you tore the cellophane off the off the uh the box or you know you you broke the seal you popped it open and you read the manual on the ride home that was a thing nowadays not because now we're in the dlc era or the downloaded games yeah the, you, the just games, like, you don't even get a manual right it's all digital yeah no disc it's not even a box so i think um final fantasy the original final fantasy had the longest tutorial that was everything up to the first boss fight was the tutorial because you you have the manual and it steps you through every single step you should be doing up to the first boss in that game. Oh, well, I never had the manual, so I just kind of learned it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I hit fight yeah. as often as I needed uh, to, and then I learned cure and I was okay. I think when I played that game, uh, I had the Nintendo Power uh, magazine hmm. that had like all of the information in it, and I used that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if we, if I've said this before. Stop me if I have. But there were 
there was a NES game I played once where I actually had to call the uh, the, hotline. <laughs> the hotline. The hotline? Oh, yeah, man. I actually called the hotline once. The Nintendo. How do oh, I geez. excite bike? No, no. I was playing a game called Star Tropics. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Star Tropics. And I, did, I bought it used, and there was a part of the game where they asked you to put... They asked you to literally... And it even says, it's like, when you bought the game, it came with a letter from your uncle. Put water on this thing to get a code uh-huh. i didn't have it i had the instruction book yeah i assumed yeah. that there was like a, a secondary piece of paper they're talking about but i opened i had the instruction book or the, the you know the, the the manual and i was like hey here's this here's this uh letter you know and it's a graphic and i put water on it and all i did was i ruined my manual <laughs> and so i had to call nintendo power because this is before game facts was a thing yeah and they put me on the they put me on hold for like i don't know an hour <laughs> and they got back to me and says okay here's the code and i'm like yay and i hung up and i have no idea how much i paid for that because i think it was like a dollar something a minute or something oh, yeah my parents never said anything but i never there's, called again there's a really great article on the av club uh, a series they call expert witness where a guy or like a couple of guys tell their story about working as Nintendo uh, help guys. The hotline? The hotline. hotline. Yeah. Uh, It's really, it's a really fascinating story. But, um, because they they had like, everything was like handwritten down, like notebook paper and all that or something. I I heard something about this. Well, they just had to like play those games constantly (laughs) and like take, keep their own notes and in a weird way, that sounds like a dream job. As long as you get to play different games a lot, no, you didn't. You were told what you, games you were. You playing. were the like you, you are also, the double dragon guy. Yeah, and you also got like fed specific calls for specific games, and you were like your your pay was based on like how many calls you could take. Oh, that would suck. Uh huh. Because like, what if you were if you played you were basically like, a call center? What like what if you played like like you you were assigned Captain Skyhawk and hell Star Tropics. It's like that's a that's like a segment of games that like I think like two people in the world have ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And it's like he gets like one call. He's like, we got one. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's a really great it's a really great article. I need to read this. Sir. Uh, so speaking of like learning how to do things and tutorials and dumbing things down, I've been playing a game that perhaps you guys have heard of called The Witness. I have heard of it. I have not played it. I've played a little over two hours. Is it good? That's a no. It's, um... <laughs> a lot of other people seem to like it. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I don't know anything about this game. Okay, so... Jonathan Blow's new game. Yeah, it's the guy who made Braid. <laughs> okay. Um, he's, He made this game, and um, it took him a long time, and so it's, like, very... Um, artsy, artsy. <laughs> you say unfinished or something? Well, <laughs> well. no, it's uh. <laughs> so yeah, my my first impression was, wow, this game's pretentious. Um, well, it, when you say Jonathan Blow game, like I assumed that that was expected. I don't really know much about Jonathan Blow. I don't know much about other him. than I mean, he made Braid. Like, I, well, that game was pretty fucking pretentious. I think I, I played think, about ten minutes of that game. It, yeah. but that's because like I I played a little bit of it and I was like, 
Okay, it's like a 2D platform with time well, mechanics. It would be fun puzzle game if they didn't have like that like really like like self-involved feeling like storybook crap in the middle like we have to read all this all these like little storybook things like in between like I don't know that one little room with the storybooks that it's just like ugh, I'm gonna read that. Well, to, to his credit, I don't think that I don't really think he expected Braid to be as successful as it ended up being. Well, if like, you don't was, care about his, art game. his, if you don't care about like, um, a lot of story, the witness has no story. Um, <laughs> it does have a lot of like quotes from scientists, and there was a clip I unlocked from a BBC television series from like the late seventies, early eighties, uh, that was talking about existence or something. And so this is where I get the pretentious thing from. Because here's. <laughs> Here's like a bunch of clips and quotes of British people talking pseudoscience at you uh, about like the philosophy of creation. And I'm just like, all right, man, all you do in this game is solve mazes. Like the only interaction you have in this game outside of clicking on the occasional tape recorder is um, uh, mazes. So like you click and you can like, there's a starting point and there's an ending point and you have to trace the maze in the right way for your given situation and every puzzle in this game is a line maze so this is basically like a placemat like a kid's placemat is the game it's like you you go to like a denny's and you solve Uh, all the little things on it get to the hamburger without without touching the fries so now uh a lot of people have compared it to mist I will say it takes place on an island, so it's like Mist. It's a puzzle game, so in that way it's like Mist. But Mist had a lot of things going for it that this game doesn't have. For one, um, Mist had a really interesting, like, right off the bat, like, kind of a mysterious puzzle, uh, a a mysterious story behind it. You find those books with the guys trapped in the books, and you're like, whoa, and you keep finding breadcrumbs about why they're trapped in the book or who those people are. Mm-hmm. And every different age you go to has different stories and stuff about the people who live there and how they behaved while they, they were there. Yeah, and all yeah. of these different interesting different things. Was, did you have to read the books for that? Well, no, that it was missed. So yeah, yeah there was a lot of I didn't. There was a lot of. You mean like the literal like published books? No, no the, like, the, the, the in-game writing. Yes, if you read yes. the in-game writing, yeah, you would know. You would learn anymore. about these people and and who they were and everything. Um, the game's a lot easier if you actually read the books too. Yeah, and there's a lot of letters between uh, the brothers, the, two, the brothers and the dad and stuff. Yeah, and so that was really Aguinar. cool. And also, like for the time, like back in ninety ninety seven or whatever, the visuals for that game were just breathtaking. Yeah, uh, groundbreaking. It was, it was the best that Bryce three D could make. Yeah, and so you have all these like, and like each age you go to, the puzzle mechanics vary. And because they're all dependent on like how that age operates, mm-hmm. right? They define like the kinds of puzzles you'll encounter and how to solve those. I, I would even be happy getting a new mist. Yeah. Not, I mean, mist got weird the further on you went and the puzzles became esoteric for the sake of being esoteric. Well, it, it depended like. on who made them because I found that mist three, uh, I would say I played mists one, three and four. And I want to say three was by a different company, and that those puzzles were just arbitrary nonsense. 
Oh yeah. But four was a lot was back to like, okay, I can see how this works. I can get that player feedback where I do something. I see what I need to solve. And then I can understand how this thing functions Mm -hmm. so that I can then solve this puzzle and move on to the next puzzle. Whatever happened with five? I'm going to, I couldn't get five to run because it had a Java installer and Uh never finished installing. Well, I think I'm going to go watch some let's plays about these games later. Um, (laughs) So you didn't anyway, play Riven? <laughs> no, I never got a copy of Riven. Oh, well, you missed out on nothing. Uh, Riven was a game that, like, so if Mist was good, and I say this with a love in my heart, because I absolutely love the lore, and I love the design of, of Riven. I love the I love the visual design. But if Mist was a good game, it's like it figured out that it was a good game and stuck its head up its own ass. Okay, so let's bring that back to The Witness. Um... <laughs> Because, so, like, The Witness, okay, like, The Witness is like Mist. If you uh, take away the story, take away, like, interesting locales, the groundbreaking visuals, you take all that away, and you replace it with nothing and what looks like a student project. Like, I I think... Now, I'll I'll defend The Witness's visuals. They have a very interesting art style. It's inconsistent, though. Oh, then I take it back. Like... I would say interesting, but I guess I'm just tired of this art style now, where it's mm-hmm. just like kind of purposely low poly um, for some things. Yeah. But not for everything. Like rocks and trees are very low poly, like faceted, um, faceted edges and stuff. Mm-hmm. The grass and other vegetation is like high quality texture planes. Um, kind of scattered about. Yeah, the water is attempting kind of a photorealistic reflection. Other textures in the game are attempting a photorealism, and so it just sort of is not consistent. It's just very inconsistent depending on where you go. And then there's like there's like the the video of the BBC guy, which which is just a straight up video. Of a BBC guy from for real See, that just seems weird to me. If you're gonna do an, if you're gonna do like this sort of like non photo real looking game, treat it like it's its own world. Don't use like it's sort of like when Wally had the real life human footage. Yeah, it's like that just took like broke everything for me because it's like I'm not connected to this world anymore. See, now, I still love that part. Like I you, love those videos I, of the president of, for, the president of me. Walmart or whatever. Like I yeah, love by and large. Yeah. So yeah, visually it's just it just doesn't it's just inconsistent. To so me. is it a buy or is it a pass? I, I would pass. Like right. the only reason I bought it was because I didn't want to get fezzed on this one, where like <laughs> I I feel like I missed the zeitgeist, where uh-huh. it was like uh, where I came to it after the fact, after I heard from everybody that it was this amazing deep thing, and by the time I played it, I was like, ugh, boy, this is <laughs> you, really dull. You couldn't have. You didn't get the chance to argue with them when they liked it. Yeah. yeah, and so like by the time I'm playing with it, I'm like, wow, the, like the thing that you do is super dull, and there Talk people are like, now? yeah, yeah, and people are like, well, but there's all of these different like really abstract puzzles and like clues to things that have been under your nose the whole time. You just didn't know what they were trying to tell you, and you can unlock like deeper like things later. And I'm like. 
but what does that get you? Like, I have no motivation to actually pursue that because the, the actual thing that I'm doing in the game is really boring. And when I look at the world map and see how much area I have to cover, slowly walking and platforming everywhere, doing this super boring thing, like, I don't want to invest any time in this. And I don't care. Yeah. Um, well, for what it's worth, I don't think Fez 2 is happening. That's great. Because someone on Twitter didn't like Fez 1. <laughs> Jesse. Well, it wasn't me. That's, that's, but it, that's could, my I hadn't, on I didn't play the game at that point. Because the guy who made it. Yeah. Like, Little Fish. Yeah, he lost his shit because someone didn't like him on Twitter or something and yeah. said, I'm not making any more games. Uh, I'm like, well, good. And as far as I know, he, I, <laughs> I haven't checked. Fine, don't. I mean, I, I mean, if you're going to be a baby about taking criticism, don't. Well, I don't, to be fair, I don't know how much, I mean, in this industry, there is such a thing as a celebrity developer, for better or worse. Yeah. And I wonder. I, I know one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the one we're talking about? No. Or, oh, like personally? Well, <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. Maybe. Anyway, but I feel like there's a certain, <laughs> there's a certain expectation or maybe like, I almost feel like he was Andy Kaufmaning us. Like, I, I feel like he's probably actually a re really reasonable guy, but I bet he, he just puts on a stage show. It's like, I'm an asshole. Take me as I am, yada, yada, yada. But you get him one-on-one, -on -one for I, I would be willing to bet he'd be great to have a drink with. But uh, I I do wonder what the real reason was for Fez to... I, I, I don't know if canceled's the right word, because wasn't he, I think he's working on it on his own. Or you know, or whatever his company's name was, because I don't know that he was he had a like funding fall through or something like that. But um, all I know is it's like he canceled the game, and perceptually at least it was because he had a Twitter argument with someone. Yeah, and that's like that's a really weird way to respond. It's like I've heard there's a I've it's like the phrase you know uh, cutting off your nose despite your face. Mm -hmm. It's like. It's like if someone doesn't like you, you burn your own house down. Uh, I don't really understand that mentality. I I like the phrase "picking up your toys and leaving," or "picking up your toys and going home." You're taking that's your ball and going home. Yeah, that's kind of what what it sounds like. It's like, oh, if you if <clears throat> you made me you hurt my feelings, so now I'm I'm going away, and nobody you know nobody gets to have fun. Yeah, but that's that's the weirdest thing though, because it's like it. You don't interact with these. These people are not. You're not in someone's playground. You're. I mean, you're, you're, it's someone on the internet said something that you don't like. So I'm quitting my job. And that, and I have to wonder if there's more play than that because I just don't. I don't believe that it's anything other than performance art. I bet in like a year from now, maybe, or actually no, it's been about that long. Mm -hmm. I bet at E3 he, this year, Fez he, Two will show up. He comes out as a professional wrestler. <laughs> it's a luchador. He's, like, he's, just like Andy Kaufman. He is, yes. Um <laughs> uh, I believe it. I would actually believe that Fez 2 is probably still happening, but I bet I bet it just went underground and that was the Or he, he doesn't make Fez 2, he makes Sombrero. Yes. Where it's a cyclical game of about dancing around the sombrero. <laughs> yeah. It's the Mexican hat dance version of Fez. That might actually be fun. <laughs> um But yeah, uh let's see. What was it? Oh, so yeah, back to back to the witness. Do we have to? Yeah. I just want to finish one more thing. <laughs> just one more thing. Okay. So every puzzle is a line maze. And each area that you're in 
instead of being a different kind of puzzle, is just a different gimmick on how to solve that line page, that line maze. Mm. So let me ask you this: if if Braid was an interesting game, and I I would say that it is. Okay, I I don't I, know that it is. I would say it's at least interesting. I would I don't I never I, I never beat it. I know the plot. I know the twist. I know all that stuff because I was like, I just tell me. Kind of was my perspective. If that was a good game, why do you? Why, I mean, I'll, I'll even say it's like I think it's widely considered to be a good game. Okay, I don't really like it myself, but what do you think happened with the witness? Because if Braid was good, and I mean it played well for what it was, what do you think happened with the witness to make it so? I'm basing off your description here. Shallow. I think it's shallow. Um, I think there's, I think the thing you have, listening to other people talk about it, it's, they make it sound very deep. Mm -hmm. Um, but in my experience with it, there's not a lot to it. And maybe it's because I just kind of, and my, I don't know if these people, they get a lot more satisfaction out of understanding how the line puzzle stuff works i suppose Mm -hmm. whereas i go to it and a lot of stuff i just kind of pick up because it it's just like okay this is how this works okay this is how this works i'm in this area got it i figured this one out okay moving on all right it's the same thing got Mm -hmm. it do you think it's the dressing that makes people think that it's deep or the ones you talk to because like if there's like hey here's this bbc thing about uh I wrote music and here's a creation. I don't know what's actually. I think it's just the satisfaction they get. But do you think that the quotes and the 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 feeling like the the puzzle was inspired by these quotes or video clips, do you think that that feeds into it at all? It's like it's kind of this idea is like if you surround yourself with smart people, people will think you're smart. Mm, Maybe. Or you'll start to feel smart, I guess. Yeah, I like that's definitely the vibe that I get is the people who play this game feel like they're being smart and i feel like i'm smarter than the person who made this game and uh, well that's fair and, and it, <laughs> i don't know if it comes down to it, it's like if you i guess my thought is and this is this is something i was thinking as soon as and maybe you that said makes it. me the most pretentious one well we weren't gonna say anything <laughs> um <laughs> but I, I feel like if you have to like throw in some oppenheimer or einstein quotes or something around your game and yeah and and then like that's a centerpiece is quoting people. It's like if you have to write fortune cookies in your own game, uh, Shadow Warrior notwithstanding, um, I, I I feel like that's a crutch because you can be personally inspired by these things, but if you need to throw that in there as flavor for your game and 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 regardless of the of the mechanics, mm-hmm. or if you just say if, you know if you if you throw in like. Some Mark Twain quote, and it's like a steamboat puzzle. It's like this doesn't really feel like this is what Mark <laughs> Twain had in mind. Well, that's the thing is like none of the quotes and none of the, uh, like the footage and stuff that I unlocked. Like, it, you're just arbitrarily finding these things in the world. Do you feel like they tried to tie them in, or is it maybe just like- I just maybe I'm just not even. Maybe I'm not trying to like connect the th- the two things. They feel like t- like two, like like just kind of thrown in there. Maybe feel like maybe the meaning of the game is the meaning that you ascribe to it. 
So here's it's so an here, art game. <laughs> so here's the word that I'm going to throw out. I'm not is because is, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to throw out the word like Philistine, uh-huh. and I'm going to say I probably am, and I think you are too. Like, I really, I, but okay, I'm like, so, pr- I'm like proud to be a Philistine because I think a lot of art that's just called art for the sake of calling it art is total bullshit. You know, I really want to go make a game now that I call an art game. Uh-huh. And then and it's I'll, just and it's, it's just a urinal on its side that yes, you signed? By our mutt. Um, <laughs> and, then, and when someone asks me, so what does this game mean? Uh-huh. My my only response to any question like that was like, what do you think it means? Yeah. 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 But, but like when you said that, and like when you started to say like, Quotes and like some clip about somebody talking about like the pointlessness of existence and stuff. The pointlessness. I just, of I just existence. start like to roll my eyes and be like, "Oh god, this sounds like some lame grad student project." Exactly. Like, it, of, like, like I, I, I think the three of us know enough about lame grad student projects that you'd come away oh from this god. thing and be like, "Oh geez, this feels like some like lame grad student. Like this is their final thing." Oh, do you remember that game that we made? Which one? Blossom. Uh huh. Oh, we had this guy, Wolf Hat Kid. Oh, God. Who I will only refer to him as Wolf Hat Kid. We made this puzzle against... It it wasn't super esoteric, but it was... It was a non-combat, third-person exploration game. We made it for the fun of it. Wasn't there a lights-out puzzle? There was a lights-out puzzle, yeah. Yeah. So it's not even that esoteric. And there were were some button presses. You had to hit the right order, and it's like... it was not a complicated game. We just wanted to make a very atmospheric kind of narrative-based game. We wanted to make an adventure game. Yeah. I mean, we, within the confines of what we knew was possible for our team. And we yeah. did a pretty good... I, I, th- I still think it's one of the best games that school has made. Um, but we put it on display at the show. And I remember... <laughs> uh, wolf hat kid walks up we're at you know we're at this like summer art or fall arts festival thing or something like that we had a computer everyone's coming playing and it's like yeah it was so pretty and they're playing the game puzzle on the puzzles and we're just walking around like yeah game kid walks up is like so why is this game so bad i was like what because fuck you <laughs> why do you think it is <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and I'm i sorry, just remember I'm a more hostile but again <laughs> game, so. right, yeah i just <laughs> I wish you were there. I think you might, you think you might have been actually. Uh, I think I, I think I did intimidate him away. Yeah, was, you might have. I think you I'm actually. I'm pretty sure I was like. I think you lured him away because you saw without, how irate I was becoming. Without saying "get the fuck out of here, kid," I was kind of like, "Okay." Well, I just remember he asked me. He's like, "So tell me about this game," and I tell him the story. He's like, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I, I decided to go full arts major on him. And, <laughs> and let me put on my arts hat yes and i remember i told i made it this story about how how the main character represents like the detroit automobile industry and <laughs> uh-huh and and is, and she's wandering around this derelict town that represents motor city <laughs> yeah and i just kind of went on I, I i don't remember the whole, all the details but i remember i just told i talked to her for like five minutes and says so in summary, that's the game. <laughs> He's like, oh. And then I think I think at that point he asked some kind of other stupid ass question. And I think William actually was there. And I think you you intervened and led him away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I uh yeah, I'm the kind of person that when I go to an art museum, I go <laughs> I go to like 
the Renaissance paintings, like the paintings yeah. of things that are stuffed. The one, the one the, <laughs> things the, that the, look like things. The paintings yeah. that look like they took effort and and skill. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't go to the section of the museum that is like half a couch, and next to that half a couch is a three-page essay about why the half a couch matters. Like, <laughs> yes, because I'm not going to read like, that. Like, if I have to read that, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what you made because you had to write everything about why you made it. And so I'm just going to ignore that. I'm, I'm way more of a, I appreciate the technical aspects of how somebody made something. Yeah. I, I respect mastery. Mastery alone is, is something that makes art interesting. And I think that if you look at like a classical Renaissance painting, or if you look at a, a fine marble sculpture, if you look at a bunch of things, you, you recognize the skill and the time and the expertise that was required to make these things. That doesn't necessarily mean that the content is riveting. Yeah. I mean, cause I can, I mean, you, I can recognize a paint, a still life. Like a, someone paints a bowl of fruit. That's mm-hmm. art. Sure. I absolutely agree with that. They can be fantastic with their use of color. Uh, I can look at the paintbrush strokes and be like, yeah, this is amazing. I get into it. You know, I can nerd out over I, that the the time and the effort that person put into it. At the end of the day, though, if I look at it, it's like, that's just a damn piece of bowl of fruit. Yeah. And that's not interesting. <laughs> right. Now, I will say, I will give credit to some contemporary artists or, or current artists. I don't know if contemporaryism is its own thing. Um, art of today, modern art, or if you whatever we call it. Some of that is good. There is a disproportionate amount of crap. Uh, but there, there's art out there that I've seen is like, yeah, that's very thought-provoking. But now, I mean, I've, I, on the other end of the spectrum, I will totally say I'm agreeing with you on this one. I've seen a guy who p- took a milk jug and put boobs on it, and somehow that's a statement. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, think, uh, I think taking art appreciation was the one class that made me cold to art. Well, there, there was one time... <laughs> so it did the opposite of what the class was about. I yeah, was it's the... like when, I, when they start talking about people like Duchamp or those kinds of people who are like, I put a wheel on a stool and I called it a thing and now I'm selling it to the art world for millions and I'm a genius. There was a guy who took a picture took... of a potato uh-huh. and sold it for a million dollars. Yeah. I, I, that was uh... recently, like last week. I pooped into a tin can, canned it, art. Yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you're, tr- you're a troll of the art world. <laughs> and they praise you for making avant-garde yeah. stuff. Well, that's the thing. I think that there's a, there is a disconnect in the way that art works now. Because yeah. I feel like, and, and this, this is, I haven't really thought about art in a long time. Because at this point, I've, I've become satisfied with, the the internet's idea of art or or what our industry expects art to be mm-hmm. because you know you mean you, the, the, with the three studios that we all work at we work with fan fucking tastic artists yeah people you know who would who, whose final results if 3d printed on a good printer would rival the the finest uh sculptors of the renaissance period and the and to be fair there is zero margin for error when you're sculpting with marble. The difference between those people from the Renaissance 
who would do marble sculptures and the people we work with today is not vision. And I think that's a big distinction here. The difference between them and the people we work with today, today we have the undo button. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an, when I draw, and I, I don't call myself an artist, but I, I like to art occasionally. Every, like, uh, for every 10 uh, pencil strokes I make when drawing something, I hit undo nine times. And I think that's the that's the thing, and and I don't know what the modern art world expects of people, but if you go to like uh, art station, or if you go, no one goes to DeviantArt, but if you go, like if you go, if you go to, <laughs> if you go to like conceptart.org, you can see some fantastic master level work mm-hmm. that has interesting and varied content. There is a there is a version of the art world that focuses, I think, on entertainment, like movies and and games. But even on these websites, you'll find fine art pieces. So there is a good version of the art world out there. It's just sure as fuck not in museums these days. Well, so I think I think there's two things that you there, there's two things that I appreciate in art, and one one is technical skill, and one is creativity because i mean there are artists that a lot of people hate like i again i say i'm a philistine but like there's like i still appreciate like the creativity that went into stuff like mondrian and and jackson pollock even though like you know it looks like just a bunch of splatters like there was like technical effort and creativity that went into the stuff that those two did even though it looks like a bunch of squares or a bunch of splatters like it's a different kind of talent and it's a different kind of creativity. And it's like, it's not just, you know, there, there's like the, my kid could do that stuff. Like there is definitely the kind of stuff, like I just cut out a ransom note from, you know, like, like I just cut out a bunch of magazine clippings and glued it onto a canvas. Oh, like, Dadaism. You know, that kind of stuff <laughs> is like, that's a ransom note. That's not an art, you know, like, right. and so there's definitely like, even even like modern art, there's stuff that I can still appreciate because of like one of those two attributes. But then, yeah, like uh, there's there's definitely like that like set of avant garde crap that's just like total garbage. Like performance art, most of the time, like somebody you know pulling out like a bowl and putting a crucifix in it and peeing on it. That's not art. Like that's fuck you. You know, like that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, like but you know if so, it, there's there's definitely still stuff out there that like is good, but when we're talking about like the, I'm gonna just put like these weird fortune cookie quotes and like philosophical garbage like into my game. It's like one, you're taking somebody else's stuff. That's not interesting. Do you even understand what you're putting in there, or are you just doing it to sound smart? Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of crap where I'm just like, oh, I call total bullshit on all of your like artistic input on this. You know, like you're like. It just feels like total bullshit. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll bounce off that into the caveat. There is good art that's accepted by the art community even today. And then, um, but I, I think what I'm getting at is, you know, in, on, in like ArtStation or some of those other websites like that, it's like you'll find some fantastic art. And the, 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 the ratio, at least for my part, is way better going into the online, like, art gaming art or poly count forms and things like that where you see people toiling away on things that they think are interesting or fun to look at and you know i think there's a certain level of joy 
associated with that kind of art. And I think that's the thing. It's like, even if it's like some kind of grotesque thing, like from Dead Space or something, someone is proud to show that off. And it, it's, it's just, it just lacks cynicism in a weird, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you, you hit on something really interesting, William, and I, I just want to bounce off of that, is I feel like you said it without saying it, but there's this concept of art games. If you have to call your game art, it's like, I made an art game. It seems like an excuse. It's an excuse. It's a piece of shit reason for you to say, my my game is more important than these other games because mine is art. I, and well, and I, and, I think and that, you have to say that because all fucking games are art. And part, I'm sorry if I'm getting passionate about this one, but it's like, games are art, all of them, in the same way that a crappy movie is still a piece of art. Sharknado is still art. Shark, Sharknado <laughs> is art. You don't have to call it that. Yeah. I mean, well, it's that, a, that yeah. makes me think of the the things that I I want, to, for lack of a better word, consider not games, which are the the vein of things where people have started using game technologies to make not games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And that's what they, that's that's the stem of it. They call it like an art game. It's like, well, yeah. it's not. You stuff, just use you just stuff, use our tools. Stuff like Dear Esther or Gone Home where there's not a game to it. It's just a thing you happen to be in and can um it could have been a book, but it wouldn't be a very interesting book. And yeah. So if it's a f- framed as a game, then people love it. So let me ask you this um, question. Or, um, or like, uh, did you guys hear of Her Story? Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Her Story is a bad UI. <laughs> <laughs> like from what I've heard of, of that game, the, the, the mechanic is navigating a bad database to watch videos. So you have limited search terms. So to me, I'm like, that's just a bad UI. Like you have a <laughs> you have a bank of videos mm-hmm. that you can watch, and if you watch them in an order, you see the entirety of the of the story that they're trying to tell. But it's not very well acted. It's not very well written. But it's presented as like a police database mm-hmm. that kind of sucks. And so I'm like, that's not really a that's not a game so much as it like that's as much of a game as it was me figuring out that I could just watch all of the missed QuickTime videos by going to the CD directory mm-hmm. and looking through the the folders to find like, oh, here's this abstract naming scheme that they have. Oh, this is what this all means. Oh, these are the last three videos of the game. Now I can watch all three endings. <laughs> so yeah. let me, that's an interesting point. I agree with you in general terms. Cause I haven't actually seen it, but, um, the Stanley Parable. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It does that fit your definition of a game? I haven't. I only played the um, the thing he released early on before he the started original selling Stanley it. Parable. Yeah, I played that. It's basically the same thing. Okay, that's what I figured. I got it's the just, gist. It's just a not updated. Like they updated the art, and I think they expanded a little bit, but I don't remember. Like, see, I think it's the same recording. See, that is closer to a game than these other things. Yeah. Because that changes depending on what I do as a player. Yeah, right. I, I actually make a difference for the outcome of something depending on how I choose to just walk around. Yeah, I'm just walking around, but my actions have a reaction in the world. Yes. Whereas all of these other things don't. People call that interactivity, 
it's just activity. Mm-hmm. It's there's no interplay between you and and the thing you're doing. So like if I every time I go through gone home it's the way the the path I take can be different but nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Only the amount of stuff I perceive through my walking of it. Whereas in the Stanley parable how many different endings are there for that game? I don't think I've even seen them all. It's because they that the thing that you're doing, even if it's just walking, can make a difference because there's actually mechanics to how you're moving works in the game. Yes. So that is a game. And I think that's a very important distinction. Uh, I think there are so many art games that don't do that. And that's why, I mean, I get frustrated by that term art game because it's like, okay, you're, you're not any more special than other games, I've already said. But uh, like the Stanley Parable is a conversation you can you converse with the game by doing your input and it plays back based on those decisions it's not like you're saying like uh, watching a bunch of videos and 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 going through a bad ui to do it like you're not always going towards a final destination um because you know even in games that have like linear stories your character can die or there's different choices to make throughout that experience yeah. Um, but if it's just a if it's just a really glorified PowerPoint presentation, that's not a game. Mist, technically, a glorified PowerPoint presentation. Technically. And yet a game. <laughs> okay, so there, there are obviously <laughs> exceptions to the rule, given that Mist was put together with HyperCard, but um I think uh the oh, I was going somewhere with this. I'll c- come back to me. Come back to me. <laughs> Pass. 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 What was I say? What was the uh, what was like the the tiny furnace game or whatever? Like the World of Goo Makers made? What was that one? Tiny furnace. Oh, like World the, of Goo. No, it was World of Goo. Oh, and then oh, there was the uh, one. Are you like thinking of? Uh, are you thinking of the, the, the World of Goo? Made. No, no, he's was talking about the sequel. <laughs> Not the sequel, but the next game they made. There was World of Goo, and then there was the next game that was like you had like a furnace and you kept burning things in it. You know, know what I'm talking about? I don't know, but I remember what I was gonna say. Okay. There's actually good stall. Yeah, good stall, good stall. Uh, this is like Little Inferno or something like that. Little Inferno, um, yeah. But uh, so I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna call this out. There, there's a there's a short story called Cold Equations. Ah, yes, and Cold Equation. The whole. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Well, the whole point of the story uh-huh. is, and just for those of you who haven't read it, um, Cold Equations is a story about where there's a world of space travel, and for whatever stupid reason. Spaceships are given literally only enough fuel to get to their destination. And so if the weight of your ship is wrong, if you have too much weight, you will not make it and you will die. Which you should know how much weight you have before you take off. You should weigh your ship before you take off. Anyway, this seems story- like a, seems like a kind of a critical error. Yeah. Story in your goes- process. If you don't know how much your ship weighs before you launch. <laughs> yes. And this he just highlighted the main point that I have as a frustration <laughs> with that story. Um the idea is that there's a guy taking like medicine or something to a, a sick planet, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I'm running out of fuel too fast. I'm gonna die." Um, and he starts to figure out what's going on. Well, turns out this girl stowed away on his ship, and and they talk for they go on and on and on and go back and forth. And he's like, "Well, what can we do? This can we do this? No, we can't do that. No, okay." And then all roads in this story lead to him shooting the girl out the airlock, which, by the way, is the punishment. For all stowaways, and everyone knows this, 
Yeah, and it's supposed to be a well-known thing. Um, and there is just a oh right it, yeah you weren't just stating that as a fact no that world. actually is part but of no, the story no no yeah. in the fiction in yeah. the fiction in the fiction, making... in the fiction <laughs> that is literally what they're supposed He's to do the, yeah uh, for some reason I blanked on that actually being a thing in the well, story well in the world of in the world of real space travel that's also the punishment but yeah. we just don't have a lot of it right we, now. Yeah. right <laughs> it'll catch on don't worry don't sneak aboard the space shuttle yeah that's what I'm saying yeah that... <laughs> yeah they will kill you they'll they will eject they will you kill. it's uh it's uh uh Astro time law. The, the term is called spacing. <laughs> if, anyway, it sounds more pleasant than it is. <laughs> it's like a shuttle version of being keel hauled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only, only there's a lot more like frozen frozen arteries or whatever. Oh, it was actually boiling. I would think boiling. Yeah, you boil. Which you, way does it go? I guess you, you, low, you low decompress. Pressure, low pressure. Yeah, lowers your, your boiling blood point. You boil. Your... As your blood vessels all explode. Okay, you you yeah. boil, then freeze. Yeah, high pressure as you freeze. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so that, that's an important distinction. So it's a, the, the narrative is bad. But anyway, all roads lead to this, this guy jettisoning this girl out, in, this young girl out into the space. And it's supposed to represent, like, futility or something. And someone made a game out of that. Actually, a group of people made a game out of that. And it got some, like, attention in the art circle and all that. And it wasn't a game. And, I, and, I, and it basically, you could click things, you could hit buttons, you could do those other things, or you could just let the computer sit there. If you, if you didn't do anything, even, I mean, it's like even, no matter what you did, if you played the game or not, eventually it would just eject. You get a cut scene where it just, it's the girl getting ejected out into space, and that's yeah, it. Like you couldn't choose to crash into the planet. Right. You had literally no choices in this game, uh, quote game, at all. It yeah. was just there. Here's some dubers or, or widgets you can click, and they do nothing to change it. There's, I don't think they were tracking the logic for what those things did, and right. there was no score. There was nothing. It's like it was just here's this thing that happens. Like basically, as an invisible progress bar went forward and spat her out, and it, that's that to me is not a game, right? So was Heavy Rain a game? Because there were definitely parts of the game where you were like supposed to do stuff, like. There was the part where you're like driving the car and it goes out of control. And I was like, I haven't failed at anything that I've done in this game. I'm just going to put down the controller and see how this plays out. And the game kept going, even though I wasn't playing it anymore. I think at that point, that's almost a branching narrative, though, because it's there's no. And that, I feel like that's where you get kind of that muddy place, because yeah, a think, lot of games have multiple endings. I think the distinction that Phil's making is you could do all these things and it wouldn't make a difference to what transpired. But if you do fail those things, things are kind of similar. You do end up in kind of the same place at the end of Heavy Rain. But there's still multiple ways to end that game. Like, your son can die. You cannot catch the right person. You can fail. You can actually fail to do things in that game. And, like, how the, the characters, the end state of all of the characters changes depending on how you've, like, what your actions were throughout the game. Like my FBI guy became kind of addicted to his like, uh, his like Google Glass drugs or whatever. I don't remember what they called that, but anyway, he started seeing like virtual tanks for no reason. <laughs> but but other people didn't get that, and like I caught the bad guy, like I caught the serial killer, uh, and saved my son. But not everybody did. Mm. So like. I, you can. I, it, the, I remember the sequence you're talking about, where you're just like, "Let's see if I just don't do the quick time events." Yeah, you know, and like there was that other quick time event where 
um, they've been training you to push R2 uh, like to like hit all of these button prompts on time. And then the time that they do give you a button prompt, you kill somebody. And that's actually a worse outcome than had you not actually completed it. Like, so then there's kind of like a reverse sort of training mm-hmm. situation where it's like, maybe you don't always want to hit the button. Right. Yeah, and I do think that that skirts the line. I mean, it's still a game, obviously. I think that there are varying levels of what a how deep a game can be because there are, I mean, in that capacity, I think a choose-your-own-adventure novel is in an, in itself sort of a game. Oh, you could die in those games, though. Yeah, but like, yeah, man. Turn to but, page thirty-four. But dead. Ultimately, <laughs> it's no, a, I do, I do. Yeah, but even that, even then, that's a book. Uh, you always keep your thumb on the page you were just on. And so, if if I'm if in my book, <laughs> uh, if if in my uh, rule set that counts as a game, Heavy Rain's totally a game. Yeah, because it, choice, it's like it's, I, I, I very much ascribe to. I think it's the is it the Sid Meier. Or, the pirates or, guy? Yeah, it's either Sid Meier or um, that other well-known developer. <laughs> I like how your uh, Sid Meier is the pirates guy. <laughs> the, but it's like a, a game. Didn't he makes ser- Sid Meier's pirates. Yes. A game is a, a series of interesting choices, and I think that's. Are you think of Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux. Yes, yeah. probably. <laughs> so I, I just want to. Peter wanna Molyneux, the guy with the best parody Twitter account I've yes. ever seen. <laughs> But I do. I ascribe that. I think that's very true. I think if the choice, if the choice is interesting and it, if 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 it feels like it matters, I think that helps make it a game. I think that that is your baseline uh, yeah. for what a game is. Yeah, and that's uh, that's why like, as much as like I feel like they've stripped the gameplay out of the Telltale games, mm-hmm. I think they're still games. Yeah, because you still do something at least. Even if it's just like picking what thing to say to somebody, it changes a little bit. Yeah, you know. Well, another example of doing nothing in a game and it's interesting. Uh, Far Cry Four. Yeah. Apparently, if you just sit there, if you do nothing, you get the best possible ending. Uh huh. <laughs> you have to sit there for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, because it's a long phone call. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the game starts off, and your 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 character's goal is to like spread your mother's ashes or something. Yeah, spread your mother's your dead your mother died, and you go to to her homeland, and you you go there to like spread her ashes uh, over some place or something. So you go there, and you meet up with this guy who is called Pagan Min or something like that. Something like that. Basically, you, you get stuck at, like, the border, and this crazy-ass, like, warlord shows up, kills a bunch of people in front of you, and says, hey, great to meet you. You're this person's kid? Oh, man, come and have steak with me. Yeah. And you go have steak with him, and he gets, and you know he's crazy, because he kill, he stabs a guy in front of you. Yeah. And then he gets a phone call. But he also takes a selfie with you. Yeah, he takes a <laughs> selfie with you. Yeah. But he gets a phone call and says, I'll be right back. Go on and eat. Yeah, you just, you just stay right here. I'll be back in a minute. Um, and he's totally chill about it yeah he just disappears and that's where the game begins because you hear screaming in the background and it's that guy you're traveling with he's getting tortured or something you have the option of ignoring it and just sitting tight and he'll come back and you get an achievement for getting this ending it's like the best ending ever he's like you go and you spread your mother's ass he's like all right cool nice meeting you and he's gone and then you just go on your merry way you've done what you've (laughs) needed to do and then you leave (laughs) nice 
And that and this, in that case, it's like the best ending in a lot of ways. I mean, you could call it the best ending, I guess, is to not play the game. Yeah, it's like the total pacifist ending. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's the, the war games ending. Yeah, the yeah. only way to win is not to play. That's that's real because like the other way you play that game is you just turn into this weird murder all, everything, murder yeah. everyone. Like also a warlord, and like you realize. From what I've heard, I haven't played the whole game yet. Yeah, neither have I. But from what I understand, like everybody, you, you're supposed to like pick sides between these people, but everybody's kind of a dick, and like there's just a, it's just like a no win situation because mm-hmm. one side's has wants to do one thing, but you know comes at this cost, and same with the other side is is there's it's just like a there's just like not a good. I do There's like no I like the white, games like, do that though bad. now. I, I'm glad that they do this whole gray area game setup now. Well, yeah, but we, we, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like there that, is a that's one option. of the things like yeah. that because you you don't have to deal with any of that. You just do what you came to do, right? <laughs> you just sit there and you do it. Yeah. So all that to say is like yeah, that, I mean I, I think that that's an important distinction these days. And if you have if you have to like guild or adorn your game with a bunch of pretentious bullshit you're doing it wrong we're past that at this point yeah and and maybe us like us who've come from i guess game academia are like can you say that about us really i mean that's where we all knew each other well aside from me and my brother like that's where you and i met (laughs) so i met my brother in college yeah yeah the college yeah um but i mean like we for for like several years we were steeped in that uh i guess what you're saying is we got better yes but also (laughs) it's it's easy for us to just see through people's bullshit right yeah and to like see like this this feels like a student project this feels like garbage like um not are those all, separate statements not or? that all student <laughs> projects are garbage but there's definitely like the like i'm but it was the student projects that didn't feel like a student project that stood out right yeah and if it feels like it's like high school acting if or, you go to a like if you go to a live performance like everybody knows what a student film is exactly right? it's yeah. like oh this is important because we've made it in black and white yeah and we end it with fiend now, aren't they re-releasing <laughs> right. mad max fury road in black and white though Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, they actually are doing this because I thought that's one of the things people liked about that movie was how how oversaturated it was. Apparently, they're doing a black and white one. Perfect, whatever. I don't know they're changing anything. It's just like it's black and white now, guys. Is it also silent? Does it just have a piano track? Oh, that'd be amazing! <laughs> and it has a film grain, and like uh-huh. anytime they talk, it cuts to a text. Card. And it's also like just one and a half times faster. Yeah. Oh, I I would enjoy the hell out of that. Yeah, and then it's. Then it's just a Buster Keaton film at that point with a lot more death. Um, yeah, they get they CG in Charlie Chaplin mustaches on everyone. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to watch that movie. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah, I, th- I feel like like maybe that's why I have a hard time swallowing a lot of these games is because it, it just feels like it's from that space and like i guess it makes sense because those people are are now like our age to where we're like actually we're actually making games and so they're actually starting to make games that people consider 
like that matter mm -hmm. and but like people who are game critics or or people who write for websites that talk about video games they're used to the normal stuff like this the the mario brothers and the call of duties right and they see these things and they're like whoa this is blowing my mind i'm not used to this stuff this is so new and fresh it's such an interesting take on like what a game can be and i'm just like wow what a student art project holy crap <laughs> man i i bet you could do a lot better <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you can't that's really sad <laughs> like well i you know i i have no opinions about i have i honestly have no opinions about the guy who made it I mean, i've seen a few videos i mean he's a pretty clever guy but it it does I, I mean, I am disappointed that his, his sophomore showing is, is not riveting. Yeah, I just, I feel like I, I'm, the, the motivation I have to finish it isn't that I find it fun or intriguing. It's that, well, I paid for it. It's, yeah, it was, <laughs> well, I dropped 40 bucks on it. Oh, 40, 40 bucks. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I dropped 40 bucks on it. And I, it's, it's, it feels at this point, I'm going to finish it out of spite like I finished uh, <laughs> that'll show it like I finished Bioshock Infinite because man that was such a ugh. but it, you know Bioshock Infinite started out so good too it had a really cool intro it's oh like my that, God. that that first hour was I, pretty have we said it have I just talked to you about it or do we say this on the podcast before but my investment in that game ended the moment I passed through the portal to the next world sorry spoilers uh, as soon as I'm no longer in my quote unquote home universe, yeah, I stopped giving a crap. Well, that's when they dropped the ball on most of the narrative because like, they could make up whatever they wanted. Well, and then no the one thing... had to make any rational decisions because you know, all you had to do is jump to another world. And it's like here's a world where that person you helped is now an evil person. I was like, what? Why? Well, but also like they take the first what felt like the first half of the game because I just like barreled through that game. Yeah. Cause it's not difficult, but not really. It's but I, so like I finished it in a weekend or whatever, and so like the first half of that game, what it felt like was all about like the setup stuff, where they're talking about like how the stuff you're supposed to care about like, for the whole game. The main guy's evil, and he's like, uh, you know, subjugating these people in this. It's like a high class versus low class sort of situation, and you're gonna be a hero and like help the lower class people like rise up and right and be known and then they go up oh, you time traveled or something um now that doesn't matter anymore yeah now it's just about you and this other chick that maybe like she was supposed to be who you're going after the whole time it's and... all the stuff you're they tell you to care about you're not supposed to care about yeah they just drop it yep they just and and then from that point on like the storyline is just off the rails and it never recovers Never and then it to. spirals down into this like stupid like it, it, self masturbatory like uh oh everything is possible oh, Jesus and then there's a, then there's the Shyamalan twist that they don't earn and I just want to punch the whole story if the story was a person I'd punch it in the mouth because it's so <laughs> dumb and <sighs> it uh it very much goes full Alice in Wonderland it, like it 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 it's like. Except it's, it's not trippy enough. It's not well, as much of an I don't acid know. Trip. The, the the last ten minutes 
<laughs> the last 10 minutes is just stupid. The last 10 minutes are, and I'm not, I'm not saying there's a compliment either. It's, it starts out fantastic and strange and fun and weird. And then it go, you know, it keeps going, keeps going until like plot twist or sorry, not even plot twist complication. I forget where I'm going with this plot. Ah, it goes crazy now. Yeah. And that's basically how the Alice Wonderland show goes. So it's like lost, and then you hit the writer's strike, and then you're like, I don't care. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, like lost. The, it's like the writer like died lost. halfway through making that game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Except you know that he didn't. And I know somebody who worked for him. Oh. <laughs> and I also know how much of a nightmare that game was to M- work Maybe on. his creative muse died. I don't know. Yes. Maybe he just didn't. Maybe he didn't have enough drugs. I don't know. <laughs> Get this man some drugs, or they ran out. He of needs fun. some buff out. Maybe Kate uh, didn't like that. Oh. <laughs> oh, speaking of Power Rangers, what earlier? What? Like, yeah, like an hour ago, uh-huh. or however long ago, right? Uh, they 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 cast they they announced a casting decision for the new movie that comes out. I think this year or next year. Is this the gritty reboot of Power Rangers? I hope so. I don't know anything about it, but the casting decision gives me so much hope. Okay. So they cast the person who's going to play Rita Repulsa. And? Elizabeth Banks. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's that? Did you, did you watch 30 Rock? Yeah. She was uh, Jack's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's like the best decision ever. It's like, this is going to be amazing. Well, they've definitely set the tone for the rest of that movie, I think. I think if they make it hilarious, I'm okay with it. As long as they don't make it for kids, if that makes any sense. Like, don't do that crap fest that was Ivan Ooze, or like the first Power Rangers of the movie. Uh-huh. Like, where it's, it's just, it exists in this weird pocket universe that's not the show. You want the movie to be canon. I don't care if it's canon, <laughs> But don't try to make it like the show, but not part of the show. Yeah. Like, and, and they did, they kind of, what they did was they made Turbo, the second movie. They made it part of the universe. Like, in order to know what the heck was happening when Power Rangers Turbo started up the show, uh-huh. you had to have seen the movie. And so that was okay. I actually pre- appreciated that a little bit more. Wait, even so though, in order to watch this new Power Rangers movie... How steeped in the lore do you want me to be? I want I want people to come at it totally blank. Uh huh. That's what I want. I want, but I also want it to be the. I what I really hope, truthfully, is it could be comedy. That's fine, or make it like the Avengers, where it has a bit of comedy in it. Um, what I actually want is I want to show that I guess appeals to teenagers more than seven year olds. Because if if it's so, and, but uh-huh. I want it to be written from perspective. Like I watched that show as a kid. <laughs> I you, you want to write it for me. Thirty-year-olds, right? That, that's what you really want because well, those are the well, people. Okay. those no, are the people who were grew, grew, people who hear are like thirty this, now are the ones. Who I'm being grew up careful. With with, I'm being kid. careful how I'm phrasing that. Strictly <clears throat> speaking, because Pokemon, uh, a, a, a uh, like Splatoon. Okay, actually, I forgot the Pokemon. Splatoon comes out. Who's that for? You'd think it's for twelve-year-olds, but any everyone plays it, including adults. In fact, I think more adults enjoy Splatoon. Then they do enjoy Call of Duty, which is the greedy thing. But seven-year-olds talk about all sorts of nonsense on there. So I, because I, I know I hear them through the the radio thing. Um, <laughs> and but like kids will play Call of Duty more than they play Splatoon. I think. 
It's like, who does this appeal to? And funny enough, that 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 uh, optimistic, joyous, non or at least non cynical take appeals to a much broader audience, and I'm okay with that. I don't need, I don't need like that more like uh, Mortal Kombat Legends style reboot for Power Rangers. I don't think it's necessary. We already, well, of course, there is that uh, that internet movie that was released. I don't know if it's oh yeah, available. the one with Starbuck. Yeah, the and and it's like the Power Rangers that way. Yeah, and I thought that was cool to watch, but I never want to watch it again. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like it was fun to watch once. And yeah, I, I feel I, like uh, that's the answer for this movie. There needs to be fun. Right. It needs to be more, more Guardians of the Galaxy, less what it looks like yes. Batman versus Superman is. That is exactly it. You hit the nail on the head there. And when I say mature, I don't mean violent. I don't mean grungy. I mean something that I can enjoy, or if I had a kid, I could take to go see, and yeah. we could both enjoy it. Guardians of the Galaxy, if it was told in that tone, oh my God, I would be so happy. That would be amazing. You hit. That is exactly what would be perfect for this. So then you're not excited for Batman versus Superman? No. <laughs> not after that last trailer i'm not i'm gonna I watch really, it i really don't want i i really don't care for jesse eisenberg <laughs> and especially don't care for Ms. lex luther because i don't <laughs> he's i but what's i what i think is awesome is i still think it's great that well yeah and i the, think i know where you're going with this but that, like Mike Z- michael zuckerberg is like lex luther yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. he is lex luther he, i wonder if he goes bald in this movie he has Lex, to Lex right? Luthor, right? Yeah. He either has to go bald, or or they're going to do the Superman, Christopher Reeve Superman, where he already is bald, but he wears wigs. Yeah, it was always yeah. a wig. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know, but uh, DC. Okay, I, okay. Sorry, I don't know how much time we have left tonight, but DC has totally, totally screwed the pooch on their their branding and their marketing. Yeah, that flash Because show. their identity. Okay, you say this. <laughs> Shut up. No, you say this. I still, for for my part, I actually enjoy The Flash more than any of the other DC Universe stuff. But here's the problem. They're, they cast some other guy, I forget his name, Ezra something, to be uh, The Flash in the movies. And so there's a CW version of The Flash. Uh-huh. There's a movie version of The Flash. And just today on Facebook... On the little news feed, it's for Supergirl, the the CBS show. They're bringing in the movie version of the Flash to cameo in that show. Well, you realize there's like three different Flashes, right? Well, there's there's two right now. Well, well I like, mean, in the in, comic book, well, there's two. There was, there's two actually, in the comic in, book, there's oh, four. Actually, no, that's like saying there's but, like multiple Green Lanterns. Right now, like, there's just one. That's Ryan Reynolds. But here's the thing: in the, <laughs> it's always Ryan Reynolds. No, but the, here's the thing: the uh, uh, the Flash TV series uh-huh. like referenced like the bucket helmet Flash. Yeah. In yeah yeah, the Jay yes. Garrick. Yeah, yeah. Jay Garrick is actually in the current show. Yeah, because he's in the comics. Like well, he, he, he's he, actively like, in that show right now, but he's not like he had the helmet and everything. But he, for some god awful reason, he's not a speedster right now. He lost his speed, and that's like a major plot point of the of the, of the season. And I'm sitting there watching. And I'm like, we're on like episode like what twelve or eleven now, and I'm watching. I was like, 
I don't care that he lost his speed. Stop telling me he lost his speed. But yeah, and there's and they still don't have the Wally West flash. It's just very out Oh, he is? Wally West is there, but he is not he's also not a speedster. Is he like twelve? No, he's like an adult. Because they changed it for like, the CW. So Wally West, West like go from being Kid Flash to the Flash. I don't uh-huh. think he's ever gonna be Kid Flash okay. in this show. Because he's not twelve. Right. Well see the thing <laughs> so so okay, so Iris West uh-huh. has is I I don't know the actual way it works in DC comics, but I know that's different. Uh Wally and Iris are brother and sister in this one. And so they they for some idiotic reason decided to overload the season with new characters uh-huh. and even characters they've killed they brought back good for no reason just just because so it sounds like the show's doing real I, well they're trying so hard to stuff as i think it actually is succeeding i'm still interested but they're the writers have just like decided they're going to stuff every plot they possibly can into this season because they have all three flashes in play right now. Now, they have, do they have? Is it because I know they like from day one there was Zoom, the Reverse Flash. Yeah, and uh, there wasn't Zoom. Zoom and Reverse Flash are different characters. There was Reverse Flash. Yeah, that's the guy with the yellow and black. Yes, the yellow and red suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I could have swore that was the same guy in the comics. No, no. No, there's Reverse Flash, and then there's Professor Zoom. Yeah, yeah, okay. they are different. So, but here's the kicker. Uh, here's the kicker. So, I have Reverse Flash in season one, right? But there's also a Kid Flash from the future. Not in the show right now. Okay, so they haven't gotten that deep in it yet. Yeah, but they're probably going to. But here's the kicker. Here's the thing. So they have Reverse Flash, and they killed him at the end of the first season. This last episode last week brought him back mm-hmm. and they and i don't know if you guys know dr who that well but they river songed it where it's a past version of him and then where he's just catching up it's like we already killed you he's like oh good to know and that's it and it's like and he's gone again yeah. so he's still alive and they basically established we're going to keep dealing with his shit well even though we killed him in season one yeah but and they then es- now they also in season have- one they established that he can time travel yeah well, yeah so yeah, it doesn't that matter thing. well you know when he dies at least um, yeah but if you if he's a time traveler, he could have dicked with any timeline. Well, maybe we'll see. We'll see. But uh, so they brought him back because of time, timey wimey nonsense. And then there's also Zoom now. Yeah, we have both of them. Uh-huh. So in this show, season two, there are literally, and, and uh, granted, uh, two of them, uh, two out of the five are not currently speedsters, but there are five people in Uh play that have super speed powers at some point. Okay, now here's a question. Do they bring Mirror Master into season two? They might. Have they brought in Captain Cold? Captain Cold was the first season. And he's amazing. He's not Um, even a captain. What the hell? (laughs) They call him Captain Is Captain Boomerang in there? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's an arrow. But he's in both. No, they reference him once in season one. Oh. And then, but his his whole like doing like appearance, actually appearing and having lines and getting caught is all an arrow. Right. Right. Uh, okay. And so in the first episode, there's a weather controlling guy that yeah. was not the weather, weather wizard. wizard. No. No. They do, but but his brother is weather wizard. Yeah, and he he, wow, is, he, does, he is there. Yes. Uh, 
Was he Weather Warlock? Is that probably he was um, just some guy? Yeah, he's called Jim. <laughs> Jerry, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so Mirror Master, and I know they introduced the Trickster. Yeah, twice now. Yeah, um, they had there With was Mark the Trickster, Hamill. and then there was actually the Trickster. It was Mark Hamill. Well, he was in both of those episodes, though. So. <laughs> and then they had Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ricky but, told me about hey, you Gorilla know, Grodd. I, I actually respect the hell out of them for doing that because it took a lot of... I, I want to say it took a lot of balls for them to just say, you know what, screw it. Let's just have a big CG gorilla. <laughs> Didn't they introduce him with the phrase, oh my Grodd? Uh, no. Oh, no, wait. He says, was... oh my God. And then he says, no. Grod. Yeah, that's right. Oh my yeah. Grod was the joke intro that I made. Yes. That Ricky made one of us. But yeah. 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 And my, all my, my point is, is like they're I, I they're playing a fast and loose with uh the Flash season two. Cause they're just throwing out they're just throwing everything out there and somehow they're trying very carefully to hold it together. But honestly, I think they're just it's which, hit the point where there are too many subplots. Which which is kind of interesting because Arrow they're they like very slowly portioned out the characters, right? It was like unfortunately, yes. They very slowly like portioned out like because they like for the first season, like pretty much all you got was Merlin mm-hmm. as like a real character that was a bad guy, and then the second season you got Deathstroke, and you got Deathstroke and Canary, and. Then a little bit like Brother Blood, and Wait, that was they don't call was... her Black Canary. No, no, she's just Canary because Black. The way they're doing it is they have Canary, which was uh... they like doing a lot of like you die, S- but then a. your but then your sibling is the actual person because yeah. she dies and then her and then, sister then, is Black Canary. Yeah, like Sarah Lance died and then Laurel Lance became Black Canary, and like because my sister's dead. I'm and I also have now. shrieking powers. Yeah, well, oh god, I hate her so much. Basically, I, I I now gauge characters in the CW universe on a scale from one to Laurel, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how much I hate them. Uh-huh. Um, because they literally, and I feel so bad because the actress is fairly talented, but they just write her character to be the most obnoxious and horrible. I think we even talked about this in the podcast yes. before. Yes, how much yeah, we all hate. That's her. how much I hate her. I want to talk about her again. <laughs> um and but yeah but then like so that was like season two and then season three yeah. they they get to like rachel ghoul and, and that was fun and what was the other one it was like rachel ghoul and they have black cat yeah and they're doing they're and, in the middle of doing uh black cat who do you even uh, cast as that that's like that's that's kind of like a mickey rourke role but then like they love <laughs> to say like okay this character is going to be speedy but no, that character is not speedy. This character's speedy. Yeah, but Roy's still alive somewhere. Right, because Roy no, because Roy is Arsenal. He's yeah. not speedy. But which is funny because well, the same character. Though. Yeah, I mean just... they're changing it up, and that's fine. And I act, and they I'm actually kind of glad because they they have this character Felicity who is fun and wonderful, except for when the writers decide she has to matter, at which point they make her the worst character possible because the writers I guess don't. I guess all the writers are men because they write all the women because as soon as they have any kind of emotional attachment to something, they become such tools. They just make these, they they purposely write these great characters and as soon as they get into like some sort of like soap opera nonsense, they make the worst decisions possible. Uh, Which character is Cupid stupid? 
uh she's not around anymore is she dead no i think she's not they put her in the suicide squad yeah she she joined the suicide Squad. as soon as the suicide squad movie started to be a thing they decided to start systematically killing off people who were in the suicide squad version of that show that's a funny thing about how the wb works uh i don't remember if you guys i don't know if you guys remember the justice league much um but what are you doing to that pillow i'm feeling its weird texture Okay, go ahead. Well, they, they killed off like uh, uh, Deadshot uh-huh. on the CW show as soon as they announced the movie. Yeah, yeah, because the WB is uh, full of idiots, and yes. they don't understand that people who enjoy um, their comic book stuff, like their TV show comic book stuff, will also like want to probably like to watch the movie versions of those things. So, for instance, when the Justice League was airing, uh, and they got to like season three, like the Justice yeah. League Unlimited stuff, which was like like the best DC product ever. Yeah, yes. which it, like to this day is the best DC TV show. Uh, well, not well. Okay, take it back. No, Batman the Animated Series, Justice <laughs> League Unlimited, right? Okay. Um, the Hard Act episodes are the best. <laughs> Terminator uh, Batman. So, or Replicant Batman. Yeah, there you go. Because the guy who plays the guy who made Hardak was also the guy who made Replicants in Blade Runner. I well, still argue that the Flash episodes of Justice League Unlimited are better than the Batman animated series. But Those anyway, are... Point, point anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so, uh, Justice League Unlimited starts coming out, and that's when uh, the Tim... Uh, the Christopher Nolan... Uh, Batman movies start coming out. Yeah. And so what the Warner Brothers decide to do is tell Bruce Timm, the guy who's like in charge of all the DC cartoon stuff, okay, so you can't use Batman or any of his villains anymore because we are going to make these Batman movies. And he says, but Batman's a founding member of the Justice League and that's the title of our show, is the Justice League. Also, we're doing this unlimited thing, so everybody's kind of fair game. We've sort of opened the floodgates on any DC character. And you're telling us we can't use the Batman rogues gallery in any of our stuff. And they're like, well, you can kind of use the Joker. And then he, and he's just like, you're like cutting my legs off here with how many villains we can put in this, because that's like half the villains. Yeah. Half the good ones. And, but that's the way Warner brothers rolls is they think they're cannibalizing their products when the reality is we will eat all of it up if you just let it be good. Right, yeah. There, yeah. It's, it, yes, long so short is they're retarded. But yes, you're right. Like, there's they, nothing stopping us from consuming all of those things. There's there's also, like, there's also talk that, like, uh, that was why, like, Teen Titans got canceled was for s- stupid reasons, too. It was, like, because, because girls liked Teen Titans... Yeah, they decided that this was just something I heard. I don't know if it's how true it is, but like because girls like Teen Titans, they decided that they had to stop making that show. Because... I think you're talking about Young Justice. No, Teen Titans. Because I thought I, I think Young Justice got canceled for the same reason. But yeah, but it was like it was like Teen Titans because boys are supposed to like superhero shows and girls are supposed to like I don't know whatever the fuck girly cartoons Powerpuff exist. Girls. But like girls are supposed to like these cartoons and boys are supposed to like these types of cartoons and but because yeah. this cartoon appeals to too broad of an audience, we can't do it because we can't 
I guess because you can't get figure out who to sponsor the well, and there's program? well, I think, well, I think the but problem... there's also like toy sales were confused. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you can it's... make toys for boys, and if your if your uh, demographic is wrong, they won't necessarily buy those. Uh, yeah. I'll, also, for the record, I like Powerpuff Girls as well. But uh, well, yeah. It's well, I, the is early it still episodes. coming back. I don't know, but but um, like they like they would make toys for the cartoon versions of things, and then they would make toys for the movie versions yeah. of things, and that I can understand, but. That they might think, oh, well, they're going to buy one version of Batman over another version of Batman. And the reality is, when I was a kid, I wanted every version of Batman. I wanted all the Batman. Give me every Batman, please. Also, give me the villains. Because Batman needs to beat up somebody. Yeah. Well, uh, But either way, so I'm, they, I'm they, buying your toys, guys. There's a Teen Titans Go cartoon now. Is that, is that a result of what Warner Brothers thinks girls want? If that's what happened? It is a lot more chibi. It's it's inane. They've taken everything I liked about the show and killed it, and now it's like a like a variety hour of the superheroes. Yeah, I didn't like Teen Titans. I I I kind of enjoyed the show because they they, they was it was funny and they, they when, were dealing with a very different scale of of when, enemies. But when they I didn't handle, when they didn't do all the lame manga tropes. It that's was, the thing. Yeah. It was I, a good show. Yeah, I couldn't but, handle how fiercely anime it was. But Teen Titans Go, this new show, has it's, quadrupled that. Yeah, it just kind of leaned into. It's, that. it's now not now. It's just like a fifteen second clip show of these characters doing traditional comedy cartoon plots. Yeah. But I think that's what teen girls are into. It, is it? I don't know. Do our nieces like that show? Um, I have no idea. I know they like that Hitalia stuff, and that's kind of like what that is. I have no idea what that is. I've never even heard of this. I don't know. It was on Netflix, and they were watching it, and it was like 10-minute, like... Oh, yeah. It's like the Hypnotoad. Everyone loves Hypnotoad? No, it was, just, it was definitely like very short clips of just people being stupid. Oh, yeah, it was like anime personifications of countries. That's a thing? Yeah. In this TV show, yeah. What? You're not a teen girl. There's an entire aspect of life that I feel like I'm missing out on. I don't think so. <laughs> there are many. There's many layers. Oh, all right. Life that you're not aware of, trust me. <laughs> uh, well, that's disappointing. Is it? Well, not not. I mean, they're going back to Warner Brothers ruining Justice League. Well, it's they just. I don't know. They do. They have a much. They do a much poorer job of of building a universe than than Marvel does. Like that's for sure. I feel like Marvel just kind of stopped giving a crap. It's like just make it. Just make everything. Well, but they they keep their universe consistent yeah, they the do a good job of that yeah even like the tv shows i will say i bet it's a nightmare trying to coordinate with that but they still do it i mean they do it for the comic books so I, they've they've already figured out how to do that cover for the comic books like the fact that they managed to make this whole civil war series across like 15 or 18 different comic book series like they made that work mm-hmm. right so they've clearly like know how to do that, so they could do it for a half dozen movies and two TV shows. So, I bet it's still well. I guess bad. three I, now because they've added Jessica. I bet it's still pretty difficult. But God, that show sucks. You did not like Jessica Jones? No, I loved that. I, I liked I, I liked that a lot it. more than I, than Daredevil. 
How? She is hilarious. I love like how she doesn't give a crap about anybody. That just got tired for me. <laughs> like I, I wanted it to be a detective show. Maybe that's the problem. Is I wanted it to be a detective show. Uh, it was detective-y. She does ninety nine percent of her detective work off screen. She comes to the she comes to the place where she's supposed to be and says, and people are like, "How did you find out I was here?" The internet. Oh. I don't but want to I also, somebody click around on the internet. Like, I want them to follow leads or, like, follow up on things or explain what they're doing. She did that. No. Like, most really? of the time, she didn't. She made, the part like, of, like the... passing comments about, like, about, like, uh, oh, you know, they, they had a Craigslist ad. Or, you know, just... Or, like, like, like calling, like, like, looking at the serial number on the dialysis machine and stuff like that. Like, no. It, it just wasn't enough. Like... And and the action was really dull because, like, two of the characters just have super strength. And so all of the fights are, like, hip toss because we have to, like, pretend we're strong, but we're not going to do a lot of fancy wire work. <laughs> and also, like, here's some, like, really breakable windows or, like, a really flimsy garbage can or something. I'm going to go watch this show now. Everything sounds good. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. And... There was actual superpowers, which was more interesting to me than Daredevil was. It wasn't trying to be so the one depressing time, that, like Daredevil was. The like, one it had, it was fun. That's, I found it board. to be exactly the I'm opposite. <laughs> I found it to be incredibly dull outside of the Purple Man, which they never referred oh, to as the and, Purple and Man. David Tennant. Aaron will love it. David yeah. Tennant. I, I love yes. it. He's David, the best thing about that David show. David Tennant is he's the he's the he's the only redeeming thing about that show. For David, me. David Tennant is on my freebie list. So, but yeah, I found I thought the main actress was just incredibly dull, and uh, I I thought she was great. I just I love that attitude, where because because there's so like that was like why I didn't like Daredevil. Like she was like so serious. It's just like, ugh. You're too serious. You have to take your stick out, the the stick out of your butt, dude. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. Like she just felt she felt just as dry, but just cynical and uh uninteresting. Like she she just felt everything about her fell flat for me. Mm. I don't know. I guess I guess I kind of embraced it because she is the person I would be if I was a superhero. Where it's like, I'm not going to wear a costume. That's idiotic. And I am going to be pretty sarcastic with everybody who is stupider than me. I'm, I'm, I'm on board <laughs> with William on this one. I'm going to go enjoy it. And then I'm going to talk about it next time. About how good it is, hopefully. I guess. I mean, well, if I, it comes to it. It's it been, to like, it, I, I watched it over the... the David Tennant was. I watched it over the break, and it's been a while... Uh, but I had a list of complaints that I could issue against this show. Uh, well, too bad. Yeah, Daredevil was a much better show. <laughs> All right, I, I haven't seen either of them. To be honest, I've seen a little bit of Daredevil. I thought it was okay. Watch Daredevil first because I did not like that one as much. I'll start. Jessica with Jessica Jones will cheer you up. Oh, watch okay. Daredevil first because it's better, and then you'll just get the good one out. Of I will watch it, and I'll watch both, and then I will come back and report. The only bad thing about Daredevil is the guy who plays Foggy and the way they write that character. He's the worst. But but every character in Jessica Jones besides David Tennant is bad. Okay. 
fine. All right. Uh, good? See. We have no emails from Robbie. What? Because we didn't have a last episode. Why didn't he write us and say, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. So, Robbie, we'll... check on us. Make sure we're okay. Remind me next time that I do want to talk about, I, I did actually play a game. We didn't get to it because we talked about Fallout 4 for so damn long. Oh, well, you should play Fallout 4. Go play Fallout no, no, 4. I, I played Hack and Slash. Oh, yeah, the game I got you. Yes. Okay, well, I'll we'll talk about that next time. Um, What should we name this episode? Elizabeth Banks' is Rita Repulsa? <laughs> I don't know. I feel Rage like we... Against the Art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fart Games. Uh, no. Some... Art Games? More like Fart Games. More like Fart Games. <laughs> Oh yeah! All right. There it is. More like fart games. Yeah, more like fart games. Dot dot dot. More like fart games. That's yes. gonna be the title. <laughs> there you go. That's I feel so like stupid. yes, because that's that is what I think of them. Fart. <laughs>